Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Nerd Like Me podcast. I'm your host, Corey Howell, and I've got Chris Gladden here with me again. What's up, Chris? Hey, how we doing? Um, yeah, uh, we got Aaron is still MIA, um, even though he's he's on a... He says he's working, but he's in Hawaii, so... Yeah, I don't know how much work he's really doing over there. He's posting a lot on Facebook. Yeah, he looks like he's having some, work. some barbecues <laughs> and uh, hanging out on the, the black sand beaches and stuff, so I don't really know. But um, anyways, um, we got a, a couple interesting things to talk about tonight. Um, one of the things that uh, we've kind of talked about off, off air a little bit, and um, it's kind of relevant just in timing, is the new Venom movie is coming up. O- October 4th is when it's coming out, right? So yep. we've got two months, I guess. Um, now, you had mentioned to me that, because, you, you know, I, I was, when I talked to you about it, I said I was excited. I said, I'm looking forward to this. I, right. I love Venom as a character. I think I, I love Tom Hardy, right? Like, um, it's hard not to like Tom Hardy. Right, exactly. Um, so I'm looking at this and I'm thinking all the signs are pointing to good. You know, all the Marvel movies we've seen in recent history, the Spider-Man is really good. I'm thinking we're going to get the same thing. And the previews look pretty good. It looks kind of gritty and dark, which yep. I'd I love from a Venom. Um, but then you you had a bit of a hesitation and you kind of shit all <laughs> over that. So uh, why don't you, what's what's up? Well, I mean, it's it's kind of funny because my whole issue with it is is super petty, and it's but it's <laughs> but it's one of those things that nerds are going to get upset about, and that's Venom's eyes, okay, and how much I hate him. So yeah, well, <laughs> so tell tell I mean, because I, I was even when you said that the first time, I was kind of like, what do you mean? So what what's what's wrong with Venom's eyes? Because to me, the character design looks good, Frank. You know, from my perspective, I mean, I think it looks okay, but with Venom being my favorite. Spider-Man villain. Okay. He's got a certain look that I'm expecting him to look like, and that's with giant eyes taking up like 75% of his head. Okay. And and then the rest of it is, is just teeth. But in the pictures that we're given online, um, you know, there are these tiny little slivers of eyes. I mean, it looks like he's squinting. So it, it just doesn't look right to me. And that's the venom is his head. Like that is what defines what sure what venom is to me is the way that his head looks. It's all crazy. The big right. crazy mouth and tongue and and his eyes. Yeah, I can see that. I guess for me, um, it's one of those things where and I see where you're coming from as a fan of the comics, right? Mm-hmm. You. And this is this is you see this kind of same type of stuff happen all the time where somebody is a fan of the comics or they're a fan of a book or they're a fan of something. And as soon as the movie deviates from that in any manner, whether it's plot, whether it's character development, whether it's character design, mm-hmm. something like that, you have people start to get upset. Yeah. So from my perspective, and I so I see both sides. Of it. I get what you're saying because there's certainly been movies. And TV shows and whatnot that I've watched and been like, well, that's stupid. That's not how it was supposed to go. Right. Um, but I also see it from the side of I'm not very invested in the character. And I kind of like the way he looks. Now, he might not look true to what the comic... But may, to me, I guess I, I, I'm starting to give um, the, the filmmakers and, and directors and all stuff a little bit more of benefit of the doubt. Like, artistic license. Like, you've got to kind of make it your own. Right. Like, what's the point of just... Like, they could literally take one of those comic books, take the characters' design straight out of that... Take as, the plot, as they should. Take the plot <laughs> straight out of that and just reproduce it and put it on film. Right. But from an artistic standpoint... I don't think that works. Like, no one's going to be motivated to work on it. And I think when people do try and do that and they don't try and put their own something into it, their own flavor, you lose that, right? Yeah. I mean, I can see that. And like I said, I mean, to start the conversation, I, I said that it was a petty, yeah, petty that's reason fair. to be, not, yeah. be annoyed with it. Because I accept that Captain America's suit, you know, he's never wore that suit in comics. You know, uh, I don't think any anybody in the Marvel Cinematic Universe looks anything like they look in oh. the comics. Yeah. I'm, yeah. 
Kind of, but yeah, I mean, I guess if you're just talking about a dude in some shorts, but right. <laughs> um, he's uglier in the comic books, which is one thing I like about him. He's got a much larger brow, and but uh, anyway, I, I I just there's just nothing really from from the. From the trailers that got me super excited after I saw what his head looked like. <laughs> and, yeah. And and then, you know, I was, you know, the first trailer that I saw, there was nothing from Venom in it. And I guess they probably did that on purpose because they wanted you to they wanted you to want to watch the second trailer. Sure. Um, but when the second trailer came out and he didn't look like I expected him to look, I was just disappointed. And and again, you know, it's just being a fanboy of the comic version of him, you know, Todd McFarlane's version you know i mean his like i said his eyes take up like 75 percent of his head you know right and it just you know i showed you the picture earlier of the todd mcfarlane you know photoshop over it and it just looks so much better to me Um, yeah i think they look i just think they look different i don't think they both look good for their own reasons Mm -hmm. i think the smaller squintier eyes are a little bit more aggressive a little more evil looking but i do i do also see that like the the Todd McFarlane style eyes also give something else because right. there's a lot of empty space there without the big eyes. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like he's just got a weird shaped head. Um, but I see both. I mean, I, I think they both look good. They're just different. Right. And I mean, the the more aggressive eyes, I just I also don't like the, the thought of that because I believe that this is based off of Venom, the Lethal Protector series where he's, you know, He's basically in, you know, kind of an anti-hero, but mm, okay. you know, he's not necessarily an evil guy because he. Right. I mean, he he helps he helps people and he he does good things. So I just don't know that he should necessarily look as aggressive and and evil as he kind of looks in, in in those pictures that I've seen. Well, then that's fair. You know, that's something that I can't speak to because I haven't read the comics, mm-hmm. so I don't I don't know. I, I'm going into this really with like no expectations, right? Like, I don't know what to expect from a, a plot point of view. I don't know what to expect from character design. I just know, I know who Venom is. Yeah. Right? I've seen him in some, maybe the TV show. I've obviously seen pictures of him and whatever, but I don't really know anything about him. Right. So, um, and I've kind of omit, omitted Spider-Man 3 from my brain, so. Yeah, that that is the one thing that I'll say is this version looks so much better than that version. <laughs> um, and, and, and the other thing is, you know, when I look at uh, the Venom comic books, Venom, the Lethal Protector, number one, was the first um, comic book that I ever bought the number one version of, like, the day that it came out so there's like a lot of nostalgia that goes along with that for me every other comic that i've ever had that was a number one like it was like gifted to me from somebody else who had a comic collection and so you know just that image of him would never never leave my brain so right you know i think to be honest i think that's where we are with star wars a lot too is so many people have a similar thing only a little different because there there was no well you have the expanded universe stuff right that all mm-hmm. happened after episode 6 and now we're going back and redoing that and since we're not seeing the same plots we're not seeing the same characters we're not seeing the stuff that everybody was like this is what it should be right everybody's disappointed i'm like what they're doing is not necessarily terrible like like the last movie was not good on the merits of the movie itself like right. i think it was directed poorly i think they made some bad decisions but the plot direction mm-hmm. is okay yeah like if you look at what's happened from an like an overarching perspective from um, the Force Awakens to the end of the Last Jedi. I'm okay with what, what's going on. Right. Um, it's just it, it's just not what everybody wanted. 
right? So th- therefore, it's automatically bad, right? And I think that's you know I, I get both sides of it because as a fan, yeah, you want you, you fall in love with the story, you fall in love with the character looking a certain way, or you built up something in your head, and then that is not what happens. That's not what the official story is, right? That's not what the character really looks like, and now you're like shit. Like that, my life's a lie, kind of thing, right? Yeah, I've t- I talked about the Last Jedi with my friends that are really into Star Wars a lot before that movie came out, and we had you know all these all these theories of uh, you know what was going to happen, and I mean it was just that movie was just such a shot in the gut because yeah. nothing that logically would have happened happened, and I get it, okay, you, you know. We don't want movies to spoon feed us exactly what we expect. Okay, I get. I kind of do. Well, when it comes to Star Wars, but yeah, yeah, but but anyway, I mean, I get what you're saying though, right? You don't want it. There's no fun in that. Yeah, like if you already know what's going to happen, like, you want surprises. But it was like every time that they were going to give us something that we were excited for, it was like, nope, not 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 this time. Yeah, my my biggest complaint with that movie is that I feel like the plot did not advance. No. Like, I spent two hours watching a movie, and, like, I'm really not a whole lot further in the storyline than where I left after the first one. Right. So now I'm like, there's three movies in this trilogy where we're supposed to take this story from a beginning to a close, and we pretty much wasted 33% of that. I mean, we kind of went back, I mean, really, in... You know, I don't think that Ray developed very much of that movie. I mean, she was able to yeah. lift some rocks. Well, she's at the end just of the some movie. prodigy, I mean, was, apparently, right? That was cool. Yeah. I mean, and we no longer have Luke Skywalker. Right. And I guess like part of that is supposed to be like, you know, there's there's less hope than there was. But then they're like, you know, with losing Luke Skywalker, like I didn't feel like there was much of a loss because it was just a lame way <laughs> for him, <laughs> for him to, go, to yeah. let go. And then it was like, well, everything's okay because Ray now has this ability to just lift rocks. I did. I will <laughs> say I did kind of like, like Luke's perspective on the Jedi. Um, like when, when Ray goes um, to train mm-hmm. and he's discussing like the hubris of the Jedi and kind of like how they've, felt like the universe kind of wrapped themselves around like revolved around the jedi right and all the stuff i'm like that's actually a really cool perspective yeah i like that for someone to have seen like his family was directly involved in the jedi like rising and falling Mm -hmm. and he was at the center point of all the error of their ways and right having to make decisions between light side and dark side like for him to come away with that perspective of right look they really weren't that right Mm mm-hmm you know, everyone wants to look at the Jedi like they were some beacons of peace and hope and light and all these good things. But when in reality, there was a lot of flaw. Yeah, there was in a what lot they did. Of flaw. Um, and so I think that was a really so I was really not disappointed in that. I'm like, this is kind of cool. So now but my thought in that was, so how do we take that and fix it? Like yeah. what's so my thought was, OK, we're going to get to see him teach Ray like they did it this way and it was wrong. So this now, is exactly I mean, this is exactly why I was disappointed with. Him. So now so now like. We can take it, and here's how I'm going to train you this way. Yeah. Right? And that just didn't happen. Right. There was, was really like, no training. She does that little dive down into the, the mirror, the force cave type mm-hmm. thing, and then which is an obviously a direct mirror for episode five yep. in the, the force cave on Dagobah, right? Um, and, and then that's it. He just disappeared. Yeah. So he's got all these opinions of why the Jedi are bad, and he's, you know basically the last jedi and he's that's wise known. and he's got the, you and know, he's, this new he's, ideology. he's smarter and he spent all this time uh you know recollecting on what their their flaws were but he offered no way of improving the way that the jedi are or even given her reason to to want to be a better person it was just you just don't want to be like me 
is basically all all they right. Saying. So yeah, I was I, I agree. I, you know, I was really disappointed with that movie in general. But my biggest complaint was like the plot just didn't move. Right. Like we had oh shit, the first order is you know we we stopped them at at the at their base you know to last, but they're still bigger than us. We're still mm-hmm. on the run, and that's like literally where we're still at. Like, the conflict in the galaxy is no more close to done than it was at the beginning of the movie. Right. So I just looking at the next one, I'm like, so now, like, what has to happen? Like, for the story to come to a close, we know the First Order needs to lose. Mm -hmm. Like, that that has to happen. Right. Or there's going to be more movies, basically. Right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm looking at this thinking, how do they do that? From a point that there's a ship, literally the Millennium Falcon holds the Rebellion. Yep. Or the Resistance, whatever. So... How do you go from that to defeating the First Order in two hours? And make it cohesive and paced well. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, they've got a big task cut out for them. I don't I don't know that they're going to be able to do it in a convincing way without just being like, and ten years later. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? Like, um, some of the other things that really bothered me about that movie was, you know, why if, if just flying at, at warp speed just destroys everything... Why isn't that a tactic that the rebellion has well, been using? Why isn't it a tactic that they've been using in general? Like, forget flying at warp speed, destroying everything. Like, strap a damn hyperdrive to a freaking missile. Yeah. Like, and, like build a weapon that just shoots hyperdrive or, like, light speed pieces of metal at ships. Yeah. Like, it's going to, you know, based on what we saw, it's just going to, like, demolish them. Right. And I mean, the disappointing thing about that scene is it was like my favorite scene from the movie, but it was just logic. Like, I was like, man, that was really cool. And then I was like, but why haven't they been doing this? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, maybe nobody's thought of it. I mean, there's ways I guess you could think around that. Uh, Maybe it's maybe ships are expensive, but they don't seem to be expensive because they're pretty damn expendable. Right. If you're shooting them down with lasers and stuff, what's the difference between doing that and kamikaze running one into I mean, there is no difference. And how long did they really have to have that same scene where it's like, oh, here's the here's the ship shooting at the other ship. You know, it's like yeah, that I whole mean, chase scene was yeah, just ridiculous. I, like I said, that was, that's my biggest complaint with that movie is like nothing fucking happened. Yeah. Like, like two major things happened maybe in that movie, right? Luke right. disappeared and that's really it. Yeah. And I mean <laughs> and, like, and uh, Snoke died, like, Outside right. of those two things happening, like nothing major happened. Right. So I'm left thinking like you've got a lot of ground to cover in the next movie. And unless it's like perfect, you do it really, really well. It's going to suck just from the merit of you had such shit premises to work with. Right. So what do you what do you think about like Ray's character in, in the sh- in the movie? I mean, he, so here's what I really think. Right. So. I, I don't like her character from, like, she just seems like she's blowing Anakin Skywalker out of the water, right? Mm-hmm. She has no training. She's doing all this crazy shit. She's right. fighting with lightsabers with zero training. She's moving a ton of rocks with still literally zero force training. Right. Like, she, how? Right? I want That's what I want to say. But I will also say that based on how we have an idea of the force working, it makes sense. Because the force balances itself. Mm-hmm. You can try and manipulate it. You can try and do all these things. But at the end of the day, it works through people to put things in balance. So the more I thought, I was initially upset. Like, this is ridiculous. How is she doing this? And I'm like, I guess it kind of makes sense if we understand that she's the conduit for the, the light side of the force gaining back foothold. 
Right. I, I mean, I can definitely see that. And and I want to like her character, but I want some development with the character instead of every new scene is just like, okay. She can I'm, now do this. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> You don't see that transition. You just see these abrupt chops where it's like, okay, well, now I have a new ability. I mean, it's like. Yeah. It's like. There's no, there's no running around with Yoda right. in a backpack on Dagobah doing flips and trying to hold rocks up in the air. And, yeah. There's none of that. It's like a video game where it's like all of a sudden you leveled up, but you you never used this ability before, but now you have this new powerful ability. And it's like, well, you know, it it works in a video game, but it doesn't work in a movie. I want to see how she learned to be able to do There's no struggle there, right? It's just like, oh, I'm just, I can just do all this stuff now. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what a lot of people, a lot of people have issues. You know, a lot of people are saying that, you know, it's because she's a woman or whatever. And I, I don't care that she's a woman and she's the, oh, you know, going to be the most powerful yeah. Jedi or whatever. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for a woman to be the most powerful Jedi or, or whatever line well, they take. But I want to, I want to see why she's the most powerful and not just because, well, God or the, the force said so. You know, yeah. I mean, at a certain point, is it lazy writing or does it actually fit the universe? And it kind of does. And that's my point, right? Is yeah. I mean, it kind of works in mysterious ways. No, I mean, it kind of is what it is. I mean, things just kind of happen. I mean, even the existence of Anakin Skywalker is an anomaly. If we go again, we're going back out of canon here to go back to the the books. But really, Darth Plagueis fucking with midichlorians to stop death. Right. Spawned. Anakin, mm-hmm. more or less, is, is what happened. So, again, that's the Force self-correcting for something that shouldn't be happening. Right. Right. You shouldn't be able to extend something's life unnaturally or bring something back from the dead or whatever. But he did that. So there's a there's a, there's a a balance, a check right. and a balance of that, and that's Anakin. Um, so I get it, right? From that perspective, it's like it kind of makes sense. If, there's no, if there are literally no light side Force users... I mean, it makes sense, but where's the fun in that? Like, what well, makes well, that interesting? What, here's my, my big thing is what it would be interesting if we knew it, if right. that was explicitly stated. Yeah. If we explored the, the mystery of the Force more. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, it, it's no fun because... Because they're, we're just we're theorizing, we're guessing right. at what's happening, and it's going to be completely different in the next. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be different, and I'm sure I'm wrong, right? Right. But this is just my interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. But that's the thing is, it, it sucks because there's no, we don't have an answer. Like right. same thing with Snoke. Snoke could have been a really cool character. He sucked because we didn't know who he is, what he, what's he do, where would he come from, like what the hell. Yeah. He just shows up, has the first order, and then dies. Yep. So that's my biggest complaint with the new trilogies. There is no, we're not exploring the lore. Oh, there's no character building, like you're saying. Like, where is the development? Yeah. There's no rich anything. Yeah. I mean, even the universe isn't being, like, there's nothing adding to the universe at all. We get some new aliens. Yeah. Like the the crystal foxes or whatever, the ice foxes. Like, ooh, neat, right? Like, man, that's cool. But that's, like, secondary. Yeah. Like that's cool stuff just to throw in the background. Exactly, and I mean that's I mean that's all they are background. I mean they they have very little effect except for you know they just kind of led them somewhere. And I mean you know I mean I guess that's cool, but I feel like if if they weren't there, Ray would have magically figured out how to get through the tunnel anyway. So. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> she's broke. Yeah, right. um, but. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I'm, I'm just, I was disappointed in the last one, and I think I'm glad J.J. Abrams is going to be directing the next one. Yeah, because I think he has a good track record. People criticize him all the time for just copying A New Hope with, mm-hmm. but I'm like, but it was good, right? Like I walked away from that, like, all right, I was, here we go, Star Wars. Yeah, you know, and I walked away from the last one where they brought in some dickbag artistic genius, right? 
and it was ruined Johnson. <laughs> yeah, and I, and I walked out going, "Why did they just do that to me?" Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, JJ built so much up with that movie that I mean, that's why everybody was excited for the Last Jedi is because there's all these theories, there's all these things. Snoke is, you know, who is going to be Snoke? Who's Ray's parents? You know, and it's he like set the perfect footing for a trilogy, right? Yeah. Now we've got another four, four and a half, five hours of screen time where we yeah. can explore all this stuff that we opened. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we opened all these can of worms in, in The Force Awakens, and now we get two more movies to explore them and close them out. Right. And instead, we got one movie where we didn't explore any of that, and yeah. literally nothing happened. All the closure that we have was literally just doors being slammed in your face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's a really good way to put it. I mean, um, so yeah, over, I was super disappointed. Um, I'm hoping the next one's better, but I, to be honest, I have not set my expectations very high at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to try not to set my expectation high, and and this kind of segues into one little thing that, that I kind of wanted to talk about is... Um, trailers like oh yeah i don't generally watch trailers um i'm one of those weird people i'm one of those weird people like especially with star wars like i never like watching the trailers and it's so funny because a couple of my friends they always want to talk to me about the trailers and i'm like i don't know anything about the trailer because i haven't watched it but now that we're doing this podcast and now that we're doing you know the nerd like me events like i kind of want to watch them just 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 so i can stay relevant yeah yeah um and be able to talk about them and i mean you know it's it's good stuff to talk about but it's kind of it kills me a little bit on the inside because then i'm not as surprised when i go watch the movie yeah the last jedi you know i don't know how many trailers they made but they kept pumping out these trailers and people would ask me oh have you seen the new trailer i'm like nope not i I sure haven't (laughs) and uh you know i uh I like that surprise from not watching the trailers and not having any clue on what I'm walking into. But, uh, you know, with the new Star Wars, like, I'll probably have to watch a trailer now because I feel like the <laughs> last movie was so disappointing to me that I want to know what's... I want to know what I'm walking into. I don't know. <laughs> it's a trap! I mean, it's a trap, man. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. That's, that's what I feel about trailers. Like... They're so good. They get, but they, they're so misleading so much of the time. Yeah. You know, it's like um, I, I I don't watch them really unless it's something that like is everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like the shit everybody's sharing on Facebook. It's like, well, okay, I should I'll watch it. Right. Um, but I definitely don't go out of my way to watch it. Um, but it's really hard for me not to watch them with Star Wars. Yeah. Because I'm just so damn excited for the movie. I'm just like, see, that's the one. I mean, that's the one genre or the one series of movies that. I try my hardest not to watch the trailers because you want to be totally surprised. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah and, I, and I I do agree with that. I mean, I can't argue with you that it's nice to go into a movie without expectations mm-hmm. and and not kind of already know what's going to happen, sort right. of. But I just I I mean, man, I guess it's just me being an, an impatient child. It's like I gotta. Everyone else is in on something, and I you know talking about something, and they're excited about something. And I'm like, I don't right? Know. I, I do feel bad when people want to talk to me about it because a lot of my friends are huge into Star Wars, and you know, they're like, oh, the, you know, you know, Ray did this or whatever in in the new trailer, and I'm like, eh. I don't really care. I want to. Yeah. I just want to see it on screen. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. So trailers. I mean, I, I. And my biggest complaint with trailers is when they're just like I've just watched the movie. Yeah, a lot of a lot comedies of, are bad about that. Yeah, you see all the funny parts in the trailer, and then you go see the movie, and it's like that sucked. Okay, so it was five minutes of this movie was actually funny. <laughs> yeah, and I mean they do it on purpose, obviously. And um, same thing though with with a lot of movie trailers. It's like I don't necessarily need to see big plot points. Mm-hmm. I just need to see like some cool shit that happens. Yeah, I just want to see like a part of a fight scene. Like I'll, I'll be honest, I thought the uh, the Last Jedi's were good trailers. Like. Yeah. They didn't give away a ton, but they built up, like, excitement. 
Yeah. Like you got to see, you know, oh, well, there was a one scene of like Kylo Ren flying his TIE fighter and he like does the barrel roll and you can see his finger on the on the, the thumbstick to fire mm-hmm. his missiles and shit. It's like, you're like, oh shit, what's he going to do? What's he shooting at? Right. Right. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and then Disney's you see, like, really good about that. You see like Luke and he, you know, he's just on the island. You're like, oh shit, we get to see Luke again. Or yeah. you get to see, you know, I mean, it was just like these little glimpses of like, here's some things that are going to happen, but we're not giving you any context. We're not giving you any, like, here's what's happening, what somebody's saying really. Yeah. Or like, so I was really happy with the trailers. And, and that's why I don't feel so bad because they've done such a good job. Right. I'm like, I'm really not going to ruin this too bad unless they just screw the pooch, I guess. But um, I'm, yeah, I've not felt it's mostly other stuff. Even Marvel, you said Disney. You really hit it on the on the head. Disney does a good job. Yeah, at least I think. I th- you know, a lot of people were disappointed when Disney bought Marvel, and then it became like the greatest thing to ever happen to Marvel. A lot of people were really disappointed when Disney bought Star Wars, and it. Even though I'm really disappointed with the last movie, everything else Star has Wars been has yeah. been great. I mean, and I've said this before, and I don't know if it was last time or, or maybe it was just off air. I, I feel like um, I say the same things a lot, but it's because it, it's to me. I, I guess I've summarized my thoughts into these specific points. But when I look at something like that, I like Star Wars. And my options are Disney does not buy Star Wars and Lucasfilm kept it. Mm-hmm. And I don't get any Star Wars. No, we just or, get the occasional trickle. Yeah, of right. Something. Like a video game or yeah. some shit, right? But there's no movies. There's no TV show. Or Disney can buy it. And you can be disappointed all you want. But I know my ass is playing in a theater once a year watching a Star Wars movie yeah. that I would not have otherwise been watching. Right. And I love Star Wars enough that even if it's not perfect, at least I'm getting Star Wars content. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. And it's original content, you know, with the Star Wars at least, because we're not seeing a regurgitation of something else. Yeah. You know, with I, the comics, I guess you kind of do, right? A little yeah. bit. Yeah. But I mean, even them, I mean, they, they kind of go on their own their own little path no matter what like the the movie's based off of like we have you know Infinity Wars based off Infinity Gauntlet and it's very very different from the comic and enough that I'm not disappointed that it's not like the comic you know really so it's, it was a good way good that it yeah, was some people will disagree with me I'm sure but I thought that it it went far enough away from the actual Infinity Gauntlet that they were able to scale it down enough that it's it's still interesting in its own right and I mean the fact that they can get what is it like forty Marvel characters in one Pretty movie crazy, right? is just like I, I had no idea that they would be able to pull that off. I'm just like, there's just no way. It's just going to be a bunch of like quick little snippets of each character, and but no, I mean it was like they've got like every character had some FaceTime, and it was just enough for yeah. No, I, I agree completely. I, I mean. I've not been really, I mean, the last, I mean, I'll be honest, like there are times I walk out of the movie theaters in, in a Disney movie, Marvel, Star Wars, whatever, where I'm like, yeah, that wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. But very rarely am I like, that sucked. Right. You know, um, even with The Last Jedi, I mean, it was like, yeah, that was disappointing. And there was, I think I have, I have a lot of criticisms, mm-hmm. but I still like, okay, I mean, we'll see what they do with the next one. You know, I mean, it wasn't yeah. like, I wasn't like, okay, time to go uh, light my pitchfork you know, and start a riot. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think the movie was a terrible movie, but I thought it was a bad Star Wars movie. It'll just depend. Again, it's, it's honestly, it's one of those things where it's going to depend on what they do next. Yeah. And, and whatever they do to tie the story together. I mean, to be honest, it's one of those things where in retrospect, it could come back and be one of the better ones. Depending I have on the feeling it will be. You think so? I, I have a, I have a lot of, uh, 
I have a lot of trust in J.J. Abrams bringing this back. Even though, like you said, I mean, there's going to be some points where he's going to have to just gloss think, over yeah. things. Or I think the first, like, maybe 20 minutes of that movie are going to be like, okay, I'm going to have to jump the plot forward a bunch. Right. So we're going to get, like, these really quick, like, or, this Or it's just going to be a really long scroll screen. <laughs> yeah. Reading yeah. That. Or, like, you know what I'm saying, though? <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's going to be like, okay, this happened, and this happened, and this happened, and now right. we're here. Yeah. And then good movie. I think right? that's what's going to have to happen is that they're they're going to have found to. The, we found more resistance people. Right. And, and the First Order did this. And mm-hmm. then here now here we are. Yeah, right? I exactly. Mean, <laughs> I mean, that's what I anticipate to happen. And, you know, I kind of hope that it happens that way because it's the only way that I really have a lot of hope for the movies. If, if they can get those, those plot points in real quick and then get to the point of the movie. Because I don't want it to be a, another build-up. You know, it's, oh yeah, it's we, the final we, movie. we don't have we don't, time for it. Yeah, we we need some excitement. We need closure. I mean, we, the, you we know. need awesome lightsaber fight scenes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're actually relevant. I right. mean, yeah. Um, so on the topic of movies, um, you had posted in the group. Uh, similar to your favorite sci-fi movie that we talked about last week, you posted another one this week and asked what people's favorite fantasy movie was. Yeah. Um, so let's 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 talk about that because to me, fantasy is a narrower genre. In film than sci-fi. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was thinking about it, and my like my initial thought is, shit, I don't even know that many fantasy movies that I like or that I've watched. That makes me a little sad. So I mean, <laughs> what, 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 so so what? What are your favorites? Um, so my favorite has got to be um, Return of the King. Oh, okay. So Lord of the Rings, Return of the King. Um, it just hits so many points on a fantasy movie that I love. Um, you know, there's tons of action in that movie. There's finality finally in that yeah, yeah. movie. Um, you know, uh, they're they're coming for Ministera, so there's this big battle there. You finally get to see what uh, Gandalf can bring to a battle. Um, you finally yeah. get to see these these huge. Kind of get smoked though. Yeah, I mean but, the Witch King kind of puts him on his ass. Yeah, but I mean. He was pretty badass when he was coming down the hill, though. I mean, <laughs> well, and he runs out, and, and uh, his his staff gets the ring race away too. Yeah, right? yeah. And you know, you get to see all these armies that Sauron brought together, finally fighting, and these you know giant elephants, and mm. you know, it's just there. And then the the ghost warriors. We already kind of talked about how I like I like yeah. the ghost warriors. So, um, and they were actually the good guys, you know, which is, really <laughs> which cool. is different. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you well, know, they were bribed. I don't know how yeah. good they really were. I guess that's true. They were kind of like, well, we'll fight for you, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Either way, they came out on the right side. Yeah. Well, I guess depending on your perspective. perspective, (laughs) But uh, that's that's got to be my favorite, my favorite one, and it's it's probably the one that I've watched the most times. Okay. I I guess I've watched all three probably equal a number of times because about once a year I try to watch those movies um, all in one day if I can. (laughs) That's a long ass day, man. It is. It's about sixteen hours of of just watching movies. But I mean, I don't have to just sit there and, and just stare at the TV No, because you've time. seen them so many yeah. times, so I'm, I'm sure, yeah, it's hard to pay attention, right? Yeah. Um, probably my second favorite one, and I saw somebody posted it on there, um, is Excalibur, and I've always been into King Arthur since I was okay. a really little kid. I remember going to bookstores and trying to talk my dad into buying me every <laughs> every King Arthur uh, book that we could find, and I owned most of them by the time. <laughs> you know? Really, um, and they were. It's funny because they were like some of the only books that I ever read as a kid. Um, you know, I didn't really like reading, but I couldn't get enough King of Arthur. King Arthur, and I don't know what it was about him, but I just I absolutely loved him. I, I like to think that we're related in some way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Excalibur, you know, is about you know is is the 
most common telling, basically, of King I'll, Arthur. You I'll know, be honest, and you're probably going to be disappointed, but I don't know that I've seen it. Really? It's How old is it? Eh, it's at least it, late 80s, early 90s. I don't yeah. remember exactly when it came out. I probably have seen it when I was a kid, but it's yeah. nothing I've seen in the last 10 years. It's uh, it's really good, but I don't think you would like it if you went and watched it. If you if you never seen it before and you went back and watched it, you probably wouldn't like. Just it. Just didn't age very well. No, or? I don't think so. I mean, there's some really corny stuff in it, um, but it's it's a really fun movie. If you like seeing knights um, fighting each other, they have some of the best costumes for knights that I've ever seen. Like the the knights really look like knights in shining armor. Um, the uh, you know King Arthur's armor is so iconic from that movie um, that Adam Savage, you know, yeah. I'm talking about he he uh, actually went to Europe and had them build him one, build him that exact armor. I can't even imagine what that cost him because it looks exactly <laughs> like it, it but it's, it looks him. it looks freaking amazing. Um, but, you know, it's about him. Um, you know, meeting, um, oh shoot, I can't even think why I'm drawing a blank here. Your is, second favorite fantasy movie, yeah. you know? <laughs> Um, oh my God. Uh, we're going to have to cut this. <laughs> no, 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 cut it. Um, it's all right. So he meets a wizard. Yeah. I, I can't believe that. I can't think of what his name is, but, uh, you know, he, he meets his wizard <laughs> and, uh, you know, he teaches Merlin. him. Merlin, Merlin. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Why could I not? I, I kept, I kept wanting to say Gandalf now. over and over. Like that's all well, that could come in my head is Gandalf. Gandalf is the coolest <laughs> wizard, but it's fine. But, uh, you know, he, he, you know, he finds him as a kid and he grabs a sword out of stone and, uh, you know, he kind of teaches him how to become a king. Um, and then, uh, he ends up having to fight his own son, Mm. Um, in uh, in battle at the end, and and his son is this you know this tyrant, um, and it's it's really awesome. I, <laughs> I, I mean, but again, I don't know that you want to go back and watch it now if you've never seen it before. But if you've already seen it, you should probably go back and watch it again because you'll love it again. Okay. Um, I, I probably have seen it. I can't imagine that I wouldn't have seen something like that if it came out in the nineties as a kid. Yeah, the I mean, you know, one of one of the things about it is that it's like it's super violent, um, and I, I don't know what why, but I love that in movies. Um, you know, <laughs> so you're it, a Tarantino fan? Oh yeah, I love oh, okay. Tarantino. Um, there, there's just needless nudity occasionally in it, so if 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 that offends you, you might not want to watch it. But it it's doesn't. funny because it's a <laughs> it's a PG thirteen movie, and you really? like you look at a PG thirteen movie, and you just don't really think of there ever being nudity or anything no. like that. But there was there was definitely nudity in it um but it was just you know again it was just a fun movie you got to see really awesome looking knights fighting really awesome looking knights and you know they're on the quest for the holy grail um (laughs) you know so there's there's just not really much not to like about it except for you know like i said the corny parts there's some yeah so so probably one of my favorite fantasy movies is speaking of the holy grail monty python oh i love that movie (laughs) <laughs> I haven't seen it in forever, but I absolutely oh, really? love that movie. It's hard not to, man. That's... I mean, there's so many great quotes that come from that oh, movie, Oh, yeah. Too. I mean, uh... consult the Book of Armament. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how, yeah, they're, just the humor in general in that movie is like, that's the epitome of like good writing. Yeah. Have you ever, have, did you ever watch the DVD? Yeah, or, I got it. Did, did you watch the special features where they did like the movie in Lego? No, it's not the whole movie in Lego. I Maybe wish it was I the whole movie. I have seen that, but that but sounds it's, cool. It is. It's hilarious. I mean, really? they do they redo some of the some of the funnier scenes in Lego, and it's like you know it. it 
it, it it's everything that I ever wanted <laughs> from, <laughs> from Monty Python and Lego. So that's really awesome. I mean, how can you not like a fantasy movie that's got the holy hand grenade? <laughs> the holy freaking hand grenade, man. <laughs> Um, <laughs> and they, he reads from the, the Book of Armaments. When he, I mean, that's what he's. That's a quote, right? Yeah. Consult the Book of Armaments on how to use it. Yep. <laughs> you got to count to three, not not two, not four. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, even uh, they, it's King Arthur is in that. Is that at all based on the movie Excalibur? Like, are they kind of parodying it at all? I don't know what order. Yeah. I mean, I think in. that. I mean, I think it is about. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's. Uh, a parody of the movie as much as oh, just the just legend of King okay. Arthur. Because, I mean, the movie, you know, is basically based off his, his legend, you know. Um, but it's, I mean, it's, uh, there's a lot of really fun scenes in that movie, too. Like, of course, the Black Knight. Oh, yeah. It's only just a, a flesh, flesh wound. wound. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I think that even people that have never seen that movie know, know that. that scene. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so that's, I mean, just jokingly, it's one of my favorite fantasy movies. But that's probably one of the only ones that I've really seen. And then Lord of the Rings, obviously, is is up there. I mean, for me, it's not Return of the King, but it's The Fellowship that's my yeah. favorite. Um, a, again, I love the world building. So, like, the first couple minutes of that movie, and especially in the extended edition, you get, like, this really rich backstory on Middle Earth and on, oh, yeah. and on the War of the Ring and, like, all this stuff. And one of my favorite scenes is when Sauron is just, like, mowing people down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I like to think about that when I'm playing like Warhammer. Oh yeah, man! And when it's just like he's this giant, just <laughs> swinging his mace and throwing ten people at a time across the battlefield. Absolutely. Um, and um, and just the elves there too. I love the elves in that movie. Yeah, they're Cause, badasses because they've movie. almost got like this, like this glow to them. And mm-hmm. this, you see the men, and they're all like gritty and in this like clunky armor. And then you've got the elves, and they're like pristine. Yep. And they're like so ornate, and their armor's perfect and gold and shiny, and, and they're they're perfectly in sync. And yeah, the, I mean, the scene with the um, where the the orcs are charging, yeah, and they just do that, they, like they, all the, of them are swinging the, their swords, yeah. sweep with their swords through their shields. It's like yeah. that's so fucking cool. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I love the way that that like first bit of that movie is awesome for me. Um. My probably one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when. Uh, Gandalf and the, well, the Fellowship is traveling uh, the path of Carod- the pass of Caradhras mm-hmm. on the mountain, and Saruman and Gandalf get in this like fucking battle from a distance, and they're both just like chanting into the winds, and their right. voices are just like bellowing deep. And there's like you know, I mean, the storm that Saruman causes, and there's lightning and shit, and it's just yep. like this is fucking what wizards are, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and that scene has so much more relevance if you know like the back, the real backstory, and like. What Gandalf and Saruman are because they're basically gods. Yeah, basically. And you don't they never touch on that in the story, but it's like that makes it so much cooler when you're like, these gods are basically fighting each other, but they're like staying within some limits so that mm-hmm. they don't let everybody know they're gods. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, you know, I think that the wizards are I think they're supposed to be based off of like angels or whatever. Yeah. So I mean they've got that that nearly godlike power. And uh, and the the movies do a really good job of underplaying how powerful they are. Oh, but yeah. then when they need to, like when he fights the Balrog, who yeah. is who is basically the opposite. Yeah, he's the evil version of mm-hmm. of, of wizard, right? Yep. Um, and you get to see Gandalf kind of stand his own. And and in the movie, the when I when I didn't know any of this, like the rich backstory and all the kind of details to it i remember like the first time i watched this as a kid i'm like how is gandalf even standing a chance oh, yeah, against this just like some dude with a sword 40 foot <laughs> fire demon with a lash and like yeah he's just this little old guy 
they can shoot some magic spells at you know. But right. then when you think about it, it's like, oh, okay, I get it. Like their form is different, mm-hmm. but as a being, they're they're kind of matched right. in that. As a kid, when I watched that, I did wonder why this Balrog with giant ass wings fell. Yeah, or, or why he's <laughs> listening to him, right? Like they're standing on that bridge, and Gandalf's just like. <laughs> And you're like, why is he listening? Yeah. Like, how is this stopping him? Right. You know, he's just slamming his staff. There's a little bit of light. And you're like, well, whatever. Yeah. I'm thinking, fuck it. Hit him with that lash. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, and, and then, obviously, in the Two Towers, you get to see the battle after that. And and, um, and, and Gandalf talks about their fight on the mountaintop and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And he's passing to the other realm. And he gets reborn, basically. Right. Um, and it's just, it's such, again, just the fellowship for me. There's so much cool stuff that happens. People are like, well, they're just walking the whole time. And I'm like, yeah, but again, it's where they set the story up. It's where all that lore is. Right. And you get to see some of those really cool moments with Gandalf. Because I think he's cooler in that movie even than in, like you said, in The Return of the King. Yeah, I can see that. Um, like I said, I love that scene where they're sh- they're shouting at each other from miles and miles away and, and having this big wizard fight that's kind of like above everything. Yeah, I mean, every time <laughs> we have these conversations about movies, I'm like, man, I need to go home and watch this. I know, kid. I know, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably my favorite. Um, and again, I haven't really seen many fantasy movies. I, I guess I was more of a science, like sci-fi junkie, yeah. just in, in, in general. So, mm-hmm. I, you know... I watched the big one, the big fantasy movies, which really is just Lord of the Rings. Yeah. I don't think not, anything else has really filled that mainstream fantasy, you know, niche like Lord of the Rings has. Yeah. I was I was really big into fantasy when I was a kid, more so than sci-fi. I mean, sci-fi started growing after, you know, I saw Star Wars for the first time and Starship Troopers and, and uh, you know, some of those other great sci-fi movies but uh fantasy's always had like a hold on me like it's 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 got to be my favorite genre but it's so underdeveloped um it, i think it is yeah but i think it's also because like where do you take it yeah. you've got to really spend some time building a world right yeah. and i mean i guess as we when it's not really a movie but game of thrones i mean that's the second one right mm-hmm. i mean um and to me it's good, but there's not enough like magic and shit in it. Yeah, that is that is something that I do. Like miss they're just my, men. Yeah, you know. So that's why I like the Little Ring because you've got orcs and beasts and Balrogs and wizards and oh, all yeah. this really cool shit happening. And in Game of Thrones, it's like yeah, there's knights and weapons and swords and armor, but it's like they're just. I guess you got dragons. Yeah. Which it's funny you guys were talking at Rackbar. Who's your favorite uh, Game of Thrones character? And everyone's like, oh, this guy because he does this. And I'm like, fuck it, Drogon's my favorite character. Yeah. I mean, he fucked some shit up, man. Yeah. <laughs> Jon Snow's my favorite, but, you know, I always like, I always shoot for the good guy, Captain America, Jon Snow. You know, it's just, that's, I don't know. I, I like to envision that, you know, that one day I would be that guy if I were put in a situation where I needed to be. So that's why those, I always look up to those characters. That's fair. Um, Even though I'd rather be a Sith than a Jedi, which is see, ca- completely counterintuitive. Yeah, that, that doesn't but, make any sense. But then again, maybe it's because the Sith are actually the good guys. Are they? I mean, they they do fight for the Republic. Well, <laughs> there is an interesting um, in in I think it's in episode three. It is in episode three. After um, what is it? It's Palpatine's talking to Anakin, I think, and he says, "And we shall have peace." Yeah. And it's like, so all this shit, you think he's so evil. And really all he did was put shit back in order and stop all this big fucking war, mm-hmm. which he started in the first place. But right. but in general, I mean, and that's one of my biggest complaints with the Star Wars universe in general. And like, 
in the movies as we see it is we always hear all these bad things about the empire but like do we ever see it right like everyone says how they're bad. making sure people are fed they're well, like, we don't really know one way or the other is my yeah. point right is the empire so bad but i'm like they're not like burning villages we don't see them doing that they're not like stealing people's stuff we don't see them doing that nah, like, i mean they do burn uncle ben well but he's a heretic man yeah he start you know i'm just saying he, <laughs> he did get burned though <laughs> no that was the jawas man Come on. Right. <laughs> Those blast marks are too accurate, man. For, or for sand people. That's, yeah. that's what it was. Um, no, I, I mean, yeah, you see them doing some stuff like that. But in general, like, for the whole galaxy to be, you know. Yeah. I mean, I like I I mean, I genuinely think that they're the good guys. I mean, <laughs> I say that jokingly, but then the more I think about it, I mean, I feel like there's some validity to that. Yeah, that's that's my point, too, is right. Like, And, and I'm cool if they're not. Like, if, if the story is, okay, they actually are terrible. Yeah. But, like, let me see it. Or like, right. let me give me the content that makes me see the Empire being the bad guys. Because really, all we framed is, yeah, they're the bad guys. We need to stop them. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, there's no like with again in Lord to go back to Lord of the Rings. We see why Sauron is the bad guy. Oh yeah, he's just murdering everybody. Right, he's trying to take over the world. Right, um, and and, and burn it and raise it and and you know there's. And it's not like the Empire took over the galaxy and then started killing everybody. No, they they tried to unite the galaxy. Right. To get past the bureaucracy and the bullshit mm-hmm. that was holding the galaxy back, right? So, I mean, yeah. that's what Palpatine was trying to do, um, which is an interesting concept. That's probably ooh, that's a, an interesting concept for another time. And we'll have to maybe have Aaron on because he'll argue for the, the stupid Jedi. <laughs> I don't know. He's been posting all these pictures of him as, and a, so as a Sith Yeah, now, he's so. all Mace Windu and... <laughs> And Anakin and Palpatine are evil, and I'm like, oh. yeah, but Mace Windu, he's uh, he rides the line, so I don't know, maybe maybe uh, Aaron's not as uh, Jedi as he thinks he is. <laughs> um, okay, so we talked about our favorite fantasy movie. Um, another interesting thing that was in the group. I mean, we won't spend a ton of time on this, but uh, your your Pokemon starter for the, the Kanto region, which is the original games with with Ash Ketchum and you know red, blue, yeah. yellow. Um, so. You know, you said you didn't play much Pokemon. Yeah, but I did beat the first red okay. on Game Boy. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I had them both back in the day, or mm. all three, because I had yellow also. Um, and, you know, it's a... Uh, and now, I actually, when I play now, I play on my phone and I play Fire Red. Okay. Um, just because... I, right. I didn't even know it was on the phone. That's kind of Well, you have an iPhone, right? Yeah. It's not on yours. Well, that's just messed up. It's garbage. Apple's just garbage. <laughs> They're uh, trying to keep you from having fun playing Pokemon. Um, but yeah, that's literally what I do if I have a trip where I'm like traveling all day and I'm mm-hmm. going to be sitting in airports and stuff. Pop open Pokemon. It's the best thing on the, on the emulator on my phone is I can put it to uh, double speed. Oh, okay. So it's an emulator. It's not like an actual app. For... Oh, no. Oh, okay. It's not meant, but I'm literally playing the Game yeah. Boy file. So... It makes me feel a little bit less worse about it. Well, it should make you feel even worse because I can play any Game Boy game I want. Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so I always, I mean, I pick Charizard or Charmander is my always my starter. Like, and it goes back to even when I was young, and I thought it was because Charizard is the coolest ultimate evolution of Mm -hmm. all. Um, But then the more I started learning about the game, and now that I'm older and I'm understanding like the strategy and what you know what goes on to it, I still pick him because um, he is the strongest in my opinion from a late game perspective. Mm -hmm. Like he flies, which is helpful. Um, you know, fire attacks or he, he's got a very powerful offense. So he's doing a lot of damage. The later gems are, um, like Sabrina and, um, one of the others, uh, Erica, I think are psychic and grass or whatever. And so he's really good against the grass. Um, 
And I don't think you can really get very, very many good fire Pokemon until late in the game, until yeah. you're actually past that point. Mm-hmm. I think you might be able to get a Growlithe before um, Erica, but I think that might be one of the only fire Pokemon you can get before then. Because I think all the other fire Pokemon are on the island, Fire Island or whatever it is. Right. With Blaine, the gym leader, and it's in, yeah, you can get Magmar and all that stuff. Well, this isn't going to make it a Voltics. super interesting conversation because I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> I fine. think Char or Charmander is the best one, too. And I was talking to Zach yesterday at the gym about it. And, oh, really? You know, he was saying that he thought that Squirtle was the best because he's got the highest defense and whatnot. And yeah, and I'm like, man, like, but Charizard is much better, like you said, late game in that game. I think so. And, uh, and he's a dragon. Yeah, I mean, he looks fucking cool, right? Um, <laughs> Yeah, and in, in, in Bulbasaur, it's one of those things where in, um, so Bulbasaur and Squirtle are typically easier in the early game because you're fighting Brock, who has rock Pokemon, Misty, who has water Pokemon, and that, if you take Charmander, Misty's gym is like the hardest thing in the game, yeah. in, my, in my opinion, because her fucking Starmie is just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. It'll use the, it'll, it has that one attack, I forget what it is, the, the beam attack that'll one-shot you pretty much, um, and it recovers, so you get it down to like, 10% health, and it's like, I'll recover my health bars full again. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're kind of honestly, at that point, depending on what you're doing, like, you're kind of praying to random number Jesus that <laughs> he doesn't right. use that attack. But yeah. um, and I, I always usually, um, to, to counter the weak Charmander early game, pick up a Mankey. I think outside of one of the first towns, you can get a Mankey, and the fighting moves are powerful against the rock Pokemon. Okay. Um, and then in Viridian Forest, you can get a Caterpie. Leveled up to Butterfree, and with Confusion and Stun Spore and Sleep Powder, you can usually get past those first two gyms. And yeah, you can so get these a, are much much higher advanced tactics than I was using when yeah, I was playing when you were this a game. Kid, exactly. <laughs> um, and then so I also will grab a Pikachu in Viridian Forest, which takes a little while because they're a little rare. But you can find a Pikachu in Viridian Forest and then use that against Misty too. Okay. Um, so the combination of those three, usually I use those three plus the Charmander pass there, and and then as soon as I can, I pick up a. Uh, Nidoran male and level it up to Nido King. Okay, and then I'll usually that's one of my favorite Pokemon. Oh yeah, kid. fuck yeah, he's cool. Uh, and then Magikarp, and then I'll grind that up as much of a bitch as it is and get that Gyarados. Gyarados. So usually by the middle of the game, I'm you know Charmeleon, Nido King, Gyarados. I also like Drowsy a whole lot because he's uh, pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Confusion, you can, and then um, I think he has Dream Eater. If you catch him and he has Dream Eater, but you can't use it unless something's asleep. But then when he levels up to Hypno, you can use Hypnosis and put shit to sleep right so that's usually like my middle game build is those guys um and i'll usually get like a dragonite or something later on well now you got me wanting to play this game that's what i'm saying (laughs) well you can't because you have an you have an iphone so sorry i guess i'm just gonna have to buy what was it game boy color was that what it came Uh, first, or was it just fire red would have been on game boy advance advance okay i think um i don't really know but um because i've been playing all all my phone yeah (laughs) um they're originally on game boy and game boy color Okay. But uh, um, it, my, like I said, my, my favorite thing, though, about the emulator is that I can speed it up. Yeah. So I'm fucking running through that place. Yeah, that, seem, that does seem pretty yeah, useful. And like, I'm, you know, all the stuff, you know, all the animations and the text and all that stuff, it just flies through that. Yep. So it's it's a lot nicer. So um, did you play the card game when you were a kid? I did. Okay. But did you, what was like your favorite your favorite deck to, that you had? I mean, not exactly. I had but. one of like each color, okay. I think. I can't remember. My, I, I'm pretty sure I still have all my cards at my dad's house and all my decks, and you're going to cringe at this being a card collector, are in a backpack. Last time I saw them were in a backpack uh, with no card protectors on the decks wrapped with rubber bands. Oh, geez. 
<laughs> but to be fair, back then, people didn't really sleeve their cards. Like, I don't remember sleeving my cards when I was... I didn't remember I was, it being a thing until I was like in middle school. Like 12 or something yeah. like that. Yeah. So, I... I that that'll slide, and that's probably also why some of those Pokemon cards are worth so dang much. Is yeah, because they all got destroyed. Yeah, I mean, literally, we uh, in the, the first pack of Pokemon cards I ever opened, I got a full Charizard. That's exactly yeah, no. <laughs> yeah that's crazy because that's exactly what happened to you. The first pack I ever opened up, and I was I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to be playing this game now because <laughs> yeah, because I got like one of the best cards in yeah. the game. Um, and that was like start you know that only spurred my love for Charizard even more. I was yeah. like, I got the card, but like I remember that card is in such bad shape now from shuffling and playing with it so much that like the the backing is separating from the print on the oh, front. Oh man! And there's like this big you know I mean it was almost like peeling apart, and I'm like. This isn't worth you should, anything. You should frame that card. If I can get it back, yeah. Yeah. If it still exists. I mean, I, I think, you know, people like worn out stuff. I mean, it's something from your childhood that... Oh, you I, know, I'd love to have it. Yeah. I, I would really love to uh, actually just go back through those decks and see how terrible they were. Yeah. I remember my favorite deck was actually not a Charizard deck. It was a Blastoise deck, and I don't really remember too much about it. I just remember having Blastoise and Gyarados, and my favorite color's blue, so it like, really <laughs> excited me to play that deck. Um, and I was pretty decent with that deck until um, I remember I was playing in this tournament when I was a little kid. It was the last tournament I ever remember playing in, and uh, I was kicking everybody's butt until I got to the final table and I had to play a guy who was playing a lightning deck. <laughs> no shit. He, he just, just you He up. just wiped the floor with me. And, uh, you know, I mean, this was like a like a really lesser tournament. It's not like yeah. it was some big tournament or but anything still. like that. But, you know, I was so excited. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm playing for first place. And then, I mean, I don't... I, I don't even know that I got, like, one prize playing that game. Like, he really? just beat me that bad. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, so <laughs> I, I remember the one of the first times I ever played Pokemon, I was playing at a, a Johnny's Toys in Northern Kentucky. I don't even know if it still exists. Okay. Um, but it was massive because, I mean, I was in the, hate, like, perfect demographic, right? This is when Pokemon was mm-hmm. fucking huge. And, I mean, I remember that place being packed. There were hundreds of people in this toy store to play that turn. And that was, like, one of the first times I remember playing um, and I didn't do very well either, I don't think. Mm-hmm. But then my cousin and I would go to uh, a KB Toys, which I think they did. That was a chain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and every, I don't know if it was every two weeks or whatever, but they would have what they called Pokemon League. Yeah. yeah so you would go, yeah, kid. and you would play, and you'd get stamps in your book for going, and you went so many times, and you'd get badges. Yep. And, yep, and I've got, uh, those maybe exist somewhere too, but I've got all of them. Yeah, I had all of them, but I definitely don't have them anymore. When I moved here, my mom threw away, like, all my stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sucks, man. Like I said, I, all that stuff was at my dad's house, and I where it is now, or um, if it's still there, I have no idea. Um, but yeah, that was like one of my you know intros to competitive card gaming was playing that, and I was never really very competitive. No, I wasn't very competitive either. I, I mean, I just I pretty much just played at the one store that we had, which was Slaughterhouse Games and Comics, and, and little a uh, little extreme for Pokemon Slaughterhouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny though, big. Like, this is why I always say to, you know, support your local game shops because, uh, you know, I played there from, you know, I started playing Warhammer when I was 10 years old. And so I started playing Pokemon when I was like 12 or 13. Okay. And, uh, I mean, I played for there for like five or six years um, before I moved here when I was 16. And, uh, you know, I met some good people there. You know, they always supported me, so I always supported them. I actually ran into um, a guy that I used to play with there here in Kentucky. No kidding. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Years so in and, Texas, right? Yeah. Years and years ago, uh, we ran into each other and, you know, 
we're friends again ever since. And it's funny because I used to paint miniatures for this guy all those years ago. And then when it, when he moved here, he was like, Hey, you want to, you want to paint some miniatures for me? (laughs) (laughs) And so I was in college and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm poor and I'm in college. So yeah, I'll paint some miniatures for you. You just buy me some miniatures. So it was, it was a way that, uh, I was able to support my, my habits and uh but Born yourself out yeah but uh you know that's why one of the reasons why i like local stores is that uh you know you have experiences like that and you know you know you might have had those experiences at toys r us or whatever but uh you know they try to build a a, a full community well, it's a community right it, it, yeah. it's not just a place to buy stuff it's mm-hmm. a place to be with other people that enjoy your hobbies yeah absolutely um you know and it's one thing um, for you and a, a group of four friends to sit around and play cards or play Warhammer or, or whatever you might be playing. Mm-hmm. But it's another thing to go like at a place where there's 20 people doing the same yeah. thing or 40 people doing the same thing. Um, it's a totally different feeling and you learn a lot more and you meet a lot yep. more people and it's just a more fun environment because you feel like you know, it's something, you know, this is something me and my friends do, but you like get out to a bigger environment. You're like, no, this is something that like a lot of people do. Yeah. This is actually really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, cause I feel like it, with a lot of nerds and a lot of their hobbies, it's always this thing that they do like tucked away for like away from everybody else. Yeah. Like, you know, if somebody plays Pokemon or somebody plays Dragon Ball Super Card, somebody plays Magic or somebody plays Warhammer, you know, some of those hobbies, I feel like you're out with what I would quote unquote normal people who like to watch, um, the Bengals play football on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you bring up, oh, yeah, well, I'm playing Magic and I'm building my deck, and they're, like, giving you this weird look, like, what is this idiot talking right. about? Except for they're playing fantasy football. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know, and I'm with you completely, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. That they're in the majority, right? So yeah. a lot of people that have these other hobbies, when they're around people like that, have to, like, hide it. Yeah. And they don't want to bring it up because they don't want to feel stupid or judged or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then when you go to a game store like that and you realize that like it's not just you and your five friends. Yep. Everybody it's, it's there. Bigger, it's games. bigger than that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you feel like a, a part of a bigger community and you can almost be proud of it. And then I think that transitions to like when you can be a part of that community and confident and comfortable in what you do and realize that it's you're not just the weird one. Right. Like that what you're into is is cool. And like a lot of other people like to do it too. Yeah. Then when you're around those other people, you can start to have that attitude like, you know, I think your fantasy football league's fucking stupid. Yeah. I'd much rather be playing magic right now. And it's you also know? it's also much more inspiring when you go to those stores. You see, you know, other people's painted armies or other people's decks that kicked your butt and you're like, Man, I kinda wanna build a deck. Well like I said, like it's that. like learning, right? <laughs> there's you know, the more people you're around, there's bound to be somebody that's better than you. Yeah. Or at least on the same level that you can mm-hmm. learn from, you know. I feel like when you get into these small play groups, like there's this hierarchy that gets established, and mm-hmm. it's like so and so is the best one, or he's playing this army or this deck, and he's just going to beat us, right? And then you know, it's just kind of like everybody, and it almost gets stale. But mm-hmm. it, in a bigger environment, like there's uh, maybe you're playing a new person, maybe you're playing a new army that you haven't even played before, right? You know, I mean, we we joke about it, but like when we're playing Magic at this point, it's like I pretty much know what you're trying to do, and you know what I'm trying to do, and, and we're both we're we're both bad battling each other hoping that somebody else takes our side (laughs) yeah you know we're trying to like well you should get that you should kill his thing because he's going to do this with it um but you know and not that it leave a tracks alone yeah i mean you know i still uh i still have fun doing that but you know it's just it's more predictable versus if we were to sit if i were to sit down with three people that i've never played with before Mm -hmm. like that game is bound to be more dynamic yep Simply from the fact that no one really knows what's what I'm trying to do or what I don't know what they're trying to do. So I might play a little more conservatively or like, you know, if I notice that you don't have the right cards out, I'm not necessarily worried. 
Yeah. But if I don't know what dude's trying to do and he's got five cards in his hand or whatever, I'm like, there could be some crazy shit in there. Yeah. You know, I, I got to yeah, maybe just be, never know. Yeah, I got to be a little careful. Right? And, they, and they're always leaving up their mana. Yeah. So you're like, what the <laughs> heck is that guy got going on? And, and, or it could just be that he hasn't drawn any cards and right. can't play anything. Right. Um, but, you know, you don't know that if you've not played his deck a mm-hmm. bunch of times. So. Um, so I think, yeah, the local game store, man, is just such a, um, a fun environment. And like I said, that's why I really enjoyed Cardinal because it's, there are people that are very experienced and yep. really know what they're doing. It's not like, you know, it, it's not the most competitive place. And I think when people normally associate that with, they must just not be very good. Yeah. You know, that's the immediate thing. Well, if you're not playing competitively, you're just not good. It's like, no, right. maybe I just don't enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean I don't know my... My, my magic stuff and people and, people retire from the competitive scene so <laughs> yeah like yourself right i mean yeah. you know you've got plenty of experience in that in that realm but it's mm-hmm. not something you do now yep um so people would be you know really mistaken to think that there's not some experience in you just because you're not at the number one competitive store in the city playing right. tournaments every weekend mm-hmm. um so yeah you know I, I just wanted to clear that up because i feel like there's this misconception that there are places where the good people play and there are places where like everybody else is just sucks right. or is and very good plays and i don't think that's necessarily the case no i think it's just the environment of the, of the stores is different and it's what you're looking for in a place to go mm-hmm. yeah. um so yeah um let's see uh the one last thing oh you know we're kind of on topic and you mentioned warhammer a little bit and um and magic you know i don't th- at least at least me i'm i'm kind of comfortable with where i'm at with magic right now yeah. I don't, i'm not really there are other decks i want to build but there are other things i want to spend that money on yep first um you know if there was maybe, you know, maybe the new commander decks that come out here in a week. Yeah, I'm probably going to pick up all of them. Yeah, I might buy one or two of them, you know, just to, to have something new. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not one of those things where I'm like, oh, i got to build this deck or what, you know. I like the deck that I've built. My, yeah. You know, my more competitive deck, I'm pretty happy with it. I think it does pretty good. Um, there are other competitive decks I want to build, but I've got better things or different things that I want to spend $700 on. Oh, you yeah. Know? Um, and that's what you guys got to realize is that to, there's a the price jump is kind of crazy. And, and the power level might not even go up that much on a card that you're spending a hundred times as much money on. You know, a, a yeah. 50 cent card could do almost the same thing as a $500 card, but it's just a little bit better. Well, it's that. It, and, and the funny thing that I've noticed in the, in magic deck building is it's all about efficiency. Like, oh, yeah. like you're really not paying for that little bit percent better card. Mm-hmm. You're paying for a slightly lower mana cost. Yeah. Or you're paying for, so, or if it's fast, a turn faster. Right. That's your build. An expensive deck is not expensive because it's got this big, massive creature. Normally, right. It's an expensive deck because it has things that allow you to to play more efficiently. Mm-hmm. Like you're never going to be in that situation where I don't have enough mana. Yeah. Like if your deck's expensive, you've got things that are taking care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got you know you're never in that position where I I can't combat somebody. You've got answers to the stuff that they're doing, right? Like that's what gets expensive. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not the the. You know, I just there's this misconception that I feel like at least when, you know when I was new and looking at stuff, I'm like, oh, this big powerful thing must be the expensive card, right? And it's not. Yeah, it's like the freaking lands, the dual lands and shock lands and stuff that basically all are all they're doing is allowing you to have one mana of two different colors yep. available to you early in the game. But options are, are the but, most but it's options. It's, it's efficiency, right? Mm-hmm. It's the ability that I can have two different types of mana with one card. Yep, and, and there's no dra- and there's no downside. Whereas the other one, the newer printed cards, there's some kind of downside. It comes in tapped or something, right? Or you got to pay life to have it 
come in untapped. Or, right. Yep. So, you know, but those are some of the more expensive cards to put in a commander deck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, you know, I just think that's a misconception. When people are looking at building the deck, it's like, well, I've only got to buy these couple expensive cards. And I'm like, not really, because even if you have like one or two really powerful spells in that deck, hey, chances are you're probably not even going to see it. Yeah. You know, There's so a hundred guards in that yeah. deck. <laughs> so you, you got to really realize you got to stack your deck full of everything that works. Yeah. You got to you got to stack your deck with stuff that's efficient. You got to stack your deck with stuff that can find those efficient cards. Yep. And uh you got to find or you got to have a land base that's that's supports it. Supports it and that is fast. And, and their synergy, right? That every single card in that deck is doing the same thing. Yeah. More or less, right? Yeah. Like in my deck, every single thing is finding me equipment or letting me equip, or letting me play equipment cheaper, mm-hmm. letting me equip equipment cheaper. Like that's what every single thing in that yeah. deck is doing. And everything, every single thing in my Atraxa deck is either putting tokens on something, doubling the tokens that are already on something, or moving tokens to something else so that we can increase the tokens on, yeah, on all the things. Right. You know, and and, and so like litter, but like. When I say when I say literally every card is like you cannot look at a card in my deck and it, there are cards there are cards that get me mana which allow me to place things mm-hmm. there are cards that protect me from stuff so I yep. can destroy something that's a problem or um, I can you know disappear from the battlefield and not take damage or whatever mm-hmm. or even like my commander has effects that protect it from stuff right um, so I'm either protecting myself I'm either having mana. Or it's something to do with finding equipment or playing equipment or something. Mm-hmm. That's every, like literally, there's not a card in there. And if you look at a lot of the pre constructed decks, they're not like that. Yeah. There's, you know, there's a lot of different directions in there. There's mm-hmm. not that, that synergy. Yeah, they've got like the three different commanders that you can pick from. And then there's a little bit of synergy for each one of them. Yeah, but so. it's not overwhelming, right? Yeah. And it's one of those things where I did notice when we were playing those pre-constructed games, the number of turns we would play was like easily twice as long. Yeah. Simply because, again, there's that lack of synergy. Mm-hmm. Like in the games we're playing now, I mean, by turn five, somebody is probably a couple turns from winning. Yeah, and then somebody just destroys all their stuff, and then the next person. Is... <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's right. like, but but someone gets to a win condition. Yeah, turn and... seven or eight is pretty much where the, the games game are is decided. Over. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm saying. You're getting to that win condition very early. Mm. Um, and you know, we're granted we're not playing decks that are top tier. No, we're not playing the win on turn one and a turn half two, two yeah. decks. Yeah, because to me that's not fun. Um, but there are, you know, there are definitely decks above the power level we're at. But there is also that we probably, you know, I, would you say there's probably three power levels? Sort of like a pre-constructed, yeah. sort of like where we are, where we got a, a pretty, uh, I mean, I think you'd probably call it a tuned deck where mm-hmm. you have a, a consistent synergy, like, purpose in your deck. Right. Every card is efficient, like it's... You know, and then you have those like I don't need Super Saiyan God decks. Yeah. I don't know where it's just like this is a purpose built weapon of like war. Right. Like, there's a, there's also a kind of the pseudo fourth deck, which or, would be what? which is um, a jank deck, which is like I've got this idea, so I'm going to put all these cards together and I'm going to make it work. And see, you I know? don't really count that because to me that's like worse than a pre constructed deck. I mean, it can be, but I mean, if you have the right cards, I mean, you can make a really good deck that's just based off of, you know, like a cat deck or something like that. It's all... But is that all... At what point does that become a tune deck? Yeah. I mean, you you can tune a jank deck, but, you know, it's... You know, the jank decks are the ones that have, like, these weird ways of winning the game. 
you know, I mean, we kind of talked about it the other day, like the gold deck that kind of oh, wins off yeah, that kind of okay. stuff. That's kind of a jank deck. Like, it's got different ways of winning, um, and it can win, but it's not necessarily, like you said, like a tune deck or a competitive deck. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of it's kind of that weird fourth. You know, it can fall kind of anywhere on the spectrum. Right, right. Yeah, I'd agree with that. We just haven't come up against that much. Well, I mean, a group I think, hug, I think I Marcus does. He, he kind of plays like a jank deck, his mono black deck. Yeah, but they're pretty competitive, though. Yeah. Yeah, but it's but it's they got this weird concept where yeah, he just kind of sits it's back. It's less about and, a very direct win con, yeah. right? I mean, he even says like, I don't really have a win condition. I'm just going to try to stop you guys until I can win the game. You know, and it works. Yeah, I mean, he beat me the other day. I was right. you know was, we were the last two left, and um, he ended up uh, tapping 34 mana to uh, exsanguinate me. I think is what it was. <laughs> yes. it takes 34 damage. That'll do it. And there was nothing I could do to stop it. Um, well, that was fine because the next turn I was going to be able to kill him. So, right. you know, he had to do something. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, and that was not, it was not his plan. No. He just happened to have a card. He, he actually used his planeswalker and, and got his planeswalker to, to, he could do her ultimate. Mm-hmm. And I think he made an emblem where all his swamps tapped for four. Yeah. So he, you know, he had a shitload of mana, and he happened to have Exanguinate in his hand. Right. So it was like just timing. He mm-hmm. wasn't planning on that. He just happened to be able to get to the point where he could use the ultimate on the Planeswalker at the same time that he had that in his hand. Right. And I and I had less health than what he could do that for. Yep. So I mean, you're, yeah, you're probably right. But he, you know, his decks are always interesting because I'm they're fun to play against. I mean, and that's kind of the thing about Jank is it's like it's different. And it's not necessarily a super tuned deck, or or yeah. it, and it's not necessarily a really crappy deck, just because you you know you don't I know guess all the, the term, cards. The that term are in that deck. jank just I think that's a, a bad word for it. Yeah, because it's got a negative connotation. But I mean, I think in the magic community, like jank, I, I think it fits perfectly in the magic. Community. Okay, maybe like, just people that, feel yeah. like that. You know, it, it, janks jank decks tend to be fun decks. You know, not necessarily just you know junk decks, okay. which is kind of that's more the layman's use of the yeah. word jank, right? Yeah. Um, but man, yeah. And then we played against uh, Sam's Mogus deck. Oh yeah, and that and was that probably just... a tier above where we were. Yeah, uh, that no. was, I mean, we <laughs> lost on like turn three. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I mean, and and that would be fun if we had decks that were challenging mm-hmm. to what he was. But that's the biggest thing in Magic is it's fun. But you just got to make sure your whole playgroup is playing yeah. on the same level, right? Because if you're not, somebody's going to have a social contract. Yeah, somebody's going to have a bad time. Yeah, like if three of us are playing tune decks and somebody's playing a pre-constructed, like they're going to lose every single game. Yeah, I could play horribly, draw horribly, and still win. Yeah. I mean, yeah, with the pre-constructed decks, they're really hard to win with against against anything that has an efficient mana base. I mean, that's yeah. that's really where they start standing out as the mana base. Like you're not three turns behind in mana. Yeah, a turn one land tax. Yeah, turn one land tax is really powerful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then, yeah, outside of magic, um, you know, we've been kicking around some Warhammer stuff, and you've been picking up some Age of Sigmar Warhammer stuff. Yeah, I never thought that I'd ever play Age of Sigmar, but these new models, they're they've, good. Got, me, they've they're got, good. got me inspired. I mean, it's just, I guess it's its perfect that we talked about fantasy. Yeah, uh, I mean... Because, you know, I'm assuming you're a big Warhammer fantasy fan. Oh, yeah. I love Warhammer fantasy. Given how into fantasy genre you were, mm-hmm. so I mean, I mean, it's kind of a falls right in line there. Um, so what, you know, you the models, what are you going to be playing in Age of Sigmar? So I'm playing Night Haunts, which are basically these green ethereal ghosts, <laughs> kind of okay. like in uh, Return of the King. Um, so they're under Nagash. You know, he's the lord of the undead. Um, and 
he, he used to be a lich, like a lich king, and yeah. he rose to basically godlike power now. Um, but they're uh, so they're they kind of cheat in the game. Like they're all considered flying, so that they can they ignore terrain that intervenes. Even the small guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh, that's bullshit. And <laughs> it's broke. And they're ethereal, so um, you can't like rend doesn't affect their armor save. So they always have the same save. You can't improve it either. That's the downside. But you can't make their save worse. So if they got okay. a four up save, they always save on a four plus, no matter what. Um, and uh, like some of them have like these spectral claws, where if like they hit on a six, they'll they automatically cause a mortal wound or something. So they've got like a, a lot of neat little little synergies yeah um, and just to give people some context that have maybe never played warhammer when chris is talking about like a four plus or a six that's a dice roll so yeah. a, a six-sided dice right so you know to hit on a six you would need to roll a six right um to save on a four plus you would need to roll a four five or six yeah. so just so if you're if he's speaking kind of french to you just so you have a little bit of context of what how the game might work um so what did you just pick them based on because you liked them, or? I picked them completely based on looks. That's and that just so happens that they're the the best in the in the current meta game. No, I don't really think that. I think a lot of people would argue that they're definitely not the best. They did win some big tournament recently, but well, I thought was, they were saying like seven out of ten people that placed in that tournament were playing the same. Yeah, army. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know the really the validity of that because I, I've been reading some of the forums and stuff, and people are saying that night haunts are kind of towards the bottom. And the guy that was saying that, I think he was talking about like the Nagash army specific. Which, yeah, which is, is more than just the night haunts. You got like skeletons and vampires. And so, and, so you're gonna do any of that? Um, I probably will do some of the Nagash stuff, but uh, like I, I don't intend on using Nagash, the actual character, very often. Um, even though that model's awesome, but it you know he's really 800 cool. points. I mean, like you know, yeah, that's probably what that's. I mean, forty. I mean, that's almost of the army. A, yeah. I mean, it's almost half the army. So in points, guys, just so you understand, that is like each unit is assigned a points value based on their strength. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's you. You basically build your army based on points. So right. your your army there are different game sizes like fifteen hundred points. Yeah, I think the two, average in Age of Sigmar is two thousand points. Yeah, so, so if that gives you a perspective. He's eight hundred of two thousand points for one character. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just want to, again trying to give some people some context if they've never had any experience. Yeah with the game um yeah and he's his model though is freaking amazing yeah it really is so i'll 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 have to use them sometimes but uh i just don't like putting all my eggs in one basket and that's basically what you're doing when you use him you know if he gets killed early on then you know he is mortal in this game so (laughs) yeah um he can't be brought back i don't think there's any way to bring him back but i think you can restore wounds on him and you can summon other but yeah, you can summon right. Mm-hmm. You can summon skeletons, and you can summon some of the other night haunt units and stuff. So okay, so it's kind of kind of cheating. You get free units basically, but you're I mean you're paying for the character's ability to be able to summon those extra things. So you're kind of pseudo paying. But for do you those think things. that it's balanced yet to the point where like the, the you see what I'm saying? Where the character that can summon is still cheaper than the their power? Yeah. Um. It's more balanced than it used to be. Um, but again, I mean, Nagash is 800 points for a reason. I mean, he, you know, as I as just a monster and without the summoning abilities and whatnot, his magical ability, I don't think he's worth anywhere near 800 points. You don't think? But when you add those, when you add those things, I think he's definitely worth the 800 points. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I mean, to be honest, he just, they all, that, that's a very cool army. 
Yeah. Um, is that all relatively new models as far as the design? Most of the Night Haunt stuff is brand new. Um, there's a couple of units that have been around since, you know, Warhammer Fantasy, which was before Age of Sigmar. Right. So uh, anybody that doesn't know about it, Warhammer Fantasy used to be, uh, you know, set on this world. And basically we had the end times and... Uh, everything got destroyed that whole world got destroyed and everything was basically kind of shot into space or the realms into different realms and so now uh sigmar um who used to be like i think he was a champion for the empire he became a god and uh so now he's trying to bring order back to all the realms and so that's what the the stormcast eternals are are basically like his angels okay um yeah i mean it's the the I, you know, I haven't read any of the lore, really. I've read some of that basic stuff because I have the starter set mm-hmm. from Age of Sigmar when it came out two years ago, I guess. Um, and I, the lore, that basic lore is in there. Yeah. Um, but at that point, the game was very, very small. Yeah. I mean, you had Chaos and you had Sigmarines. Stormcast Eternal. Sigmarines. We call them Sigmarines. Because <laughs> um, that's what they are, let's yeah. be honest. But, you know, you had the Stormcast Eternals and you had the Chaos. Or, you know, the demons, basically. Yeah. And I guess not just demons. You had the the chaos cultists and um, people or whatever. But that was it. There, Nagash didn't exist. Yeah, I mean, they had ways that you could use your old armies. Like they had the little PDF files that allowed you to. Not you know, when I first. I mean, that didn't exist. It did. Really, you probably maybe. just didn't know about it because when we started playing, like the first tournament we had was like maybe two weeks after it released, and really? we, we had all those armies and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah, maybe I just didn't miss it. It wasn't publicized very well. Yeah, that. that I mean, that could be. But, I mean, it was just kind of their I mean, way. I was using their the War Scrolls app or whatever mm-hmm. to look at all the guys' information. That's weird that it wasn't on the War Scrolls app because I thought that I, maybe maybe that came later that they added those to the War Scrolls. But there definitely was, like, a PDF on the Games Workshop website. Okay, yeah, I must have just, again, I'm, I'm very new, so I must yeah. have just not known what I was looking for. But um, now there's, you know, and they're still working on it. There's, you know, I feel like the, the other, or like, order factions are mm-hmm. not very well developed yet. No, they're not. The destruction it seems like it sort of is because orcs seem like they've been kind of a staple. Yeah. But they all seem like they're the old stuff. Yeah, it's pretty much you got Sigmarines, you've got Chaos, and you got Undead is pretty much what what we have right now. I mean, there's some Order stuff. you got you got the, um, gosh, I can't even, the Cadralon Overlords or whatever, yeah, which are dwarves. dwarves. And then you got your Fire Slayers, which are more dwarves. Um, you got Sylvaneth, which are um, basically like tree people. Um, so you, you've got some, but uh, but I definitely agree that there's not enough of that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was looking at the uh, Slavaneth rules in the War Scroll. Mm-hmm. They got some cool stuff. One of my favorite things is you, there's a, a one character's ability where they like basically grab another unit mm-hmm. with like vine like vines or, yeah. or roots, and you turn you can turn them into one of those wildwood yeah things and so then, it turns into a piece of terrain yeah but it's it's like a terrain that does stuff yeah if you charge through it or walk by it i mean mm-hmm. i the slavoneth get bonuses around it and everybody right. else gets hindered mm-hmm. i mean one of the other things is one of their bigger treat the bigger models he can like instead of moving he can jump between them between those 
the different trees. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a pretty cool mechanic. Yeah. I think that they have to have those trees on the table to be able to summon too, because they can summon the dryads out of which those are the trees. little trees. And but they have I think that they have to cast them inside of those trees. So it's it's a pretty neat little mechanic. They're really relying on those trees, but they have a lot of you ways to be able to put them. I don't on think the you table. can destroy them. No. They're, the only way I think that you can do anything to them is in the uh, realm of fire. You can set them on fire, but that doesn't actually get rid of them. It just means that when you go into them, like you catch on fire too. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so don't go into them. Um, but yeah, they're you know you had mentioned maybe me picking those up, and um, I do. Yeah, that's like, probably my second favorite. Yeah, I do. Right I now. do like those models. I just feel like it's a little limited still. Like you don't have the variety that you have. Yeah, you know, because that's one of the things for me with Warhammer is part of the fun. It's like building an army that is not only good from a, a gaming perspective, mm-hmm. but one that you like aesthetically. Oh, you yeah. like the you like the fluff and the lore behind it. Aesthetics are is the absolute most important thing to me in these games now. You know, it's if yeah, if it has to be my favorite looking army or. I don't want to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so for me, like I like the truth, you know, I like the Slyvaneth a lot, but I just feel like, can I make 2000 points? That's really interesting to me. Yeah. You know, I'm going to have like a bunch of these, the dryads or whatever. Yeah. You know, and a couple me- of the big tree men and yeah. And then it's like, where's the variety? You know, mm-hmm. when you look at chaos, it's like, I can have gods or like demons from different gods. I can have some of these guys, the chaos cultists. Like I can have a lot of variety here. Yeah, It sounds like chaos has got a hold of you. <laughs> well, I mean, I think, you know, it's one of those things, it's a double-edged sword. I hate being, I had hate to play it because it's like, I feel like everybody plays it. It's and, a very popular faction. Undead and, and Sigmar, is a very popular faction. And Sigmar, Sigmar right? Too, yeah. um, in 40K, I feel like Chaos doesn't have that same, I mean, I didn't I don't know. see I, I wouldn't say that they're the super the, competitive, but people love Chaos in, in 40K, though. They, they might not be the best army out there, but they have a... <laughs> they have a cult following, <laughs> yeah. um, which isn't surprising. I mean, their character models are awesome. Yeah, um, the the lore. I mean, the story is awesome. Yeah, so. the ability the ability to customize them any way that you want is really awesome about them. I mean, one of the things that people always joke about is like with uh, orcs and chaos is that if you screw something up, it's it just, just a conversion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, especially with orcs. I mean, that's what I thought it would be cool for them because it's like people are like, yeah, just glue some shit together. Yep, call it whatever you want. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, the orcs seem all right. I, I've never been a big fan of the orcs. Like, orcs in, in most things. Mm-hmm. But uh, they seem uh, they seem kind of fun. Oh yeah, I mean in 40k in fantasy they they're kind of going back to their roots and, and having like random effects and stuff like yeah, that. Like and that adds a lot of rules. Kind of seem fun, right? Yeah. It's like I'm not going to win necessarily, but I mean they're high risk, high reward kind of things. Like it can do absolutely nothing, or it can just smoke something off the table. You know, yeah. like they have abilities like that. Like one of the old orc uh, spells in, in Warhammer Fantasy, they still have the spell, but I don't know if it's as powerful as it is. But it was foot of foot of gork. Yeah. And so it was literally a template shaped like a, a foot, foot. <laughs> a giant foot, and you put it on you put it on it on a unit, and you would scatter it so like it might go it land might somewhere move, else. Yeah. And then, um, and you stomp on it. And on a four plus, you so after you you resolve that, you do a, on a four plus, you get to stomp like another unit. So you can and like go across another the unit, and then another unit. But if you roll a one, your opponent 
gets to put it on one of your units. So, <laughs> so you know, there's high, I mean, I guess there's not that much risk with that when you have 50% chance of it doing exactly what you want and only, you know, with a 16% chance that it doesn't do what you want. But, but that's some of the flavor that they have, you know, and they have a lot of like random movement stuff. Like they have these uh, little goblins that have um, um, ball and chains and they just go all over the place. And, uh, you know, they could run into your own units too, but they hit really, really hard. Hard. And because orcs is like kind of a horde army, it doesn't really matter that much if it runs in your unit. Because you got a bunch of them. Yeah. But if it runs into this unit of knights and takes out six knights, you know, that's that's kind of a big deal. You know? <laughs> so, you know, orcs is a, well, maybe a I'll really fun that army. Then. I mean, I've been looking at some of the models. I just wish there'd be some new stuff. I feel like it's not. Like, well, the Iron Jaws are, are pretty new. Um, yeah, those are those are in Sigmar, though, right? Yeah, okay, so you're talking about 40... I, so we keep jumping back and forth because there's so much that goes into 40K and fantasy. So um, in 40K, I would wait till the end of the year if you decide that you're really well, interested I, in Well, I them. still think I'll probably go with Chaos in yeah. 40K. I feel like cause Chaos in, in 40K is a little cooler. No, they're way cooler. In in Sigmar, it just feels like too much. Like they're like the you've got all these like guys with ornate armor, and like you've got some Chaos Space Marines or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I feel like and, and I, I say that, but the demon units are the same. You know, from either game, right? Um, but just even looking at the rules in Sigmar, I, it doesn't seem as cool to me as some of the other, like Nagash's rules and right. Um, and some of the Slyveneth mechanics seemed really cool. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know. I, I just feel it's a little... I mean, they're a pretty straightforward BD army. Yeah. There's not like a lot of like random and, you know, there's not like a lot of tricks. Even even though, I mean, some of That's the... That's why I like them in 40K. Yeah. Like the strategies that I like and it plays perfectly into the fluff is that like... I can deep strike them, which means basically that I'm putting them onto the board, not when we deploy, mm-hmm. whenever I choose, but at the end of a moving phase, but at whatever point in the game right. I choose, um, wherever I want, as long as they're not within nine inches of an enemy. Right. So, and in, 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 in the, the story and lore in, in Warhammer 40K, and I guess also in Sigmar, you've got the warp, which is like this alternate reality mm-hmm. where all the, the demons exist, which are basically made from human emotions. Yep. And, and desires and all this kind of stuff. So they're just kind of this energy that's randomness based on humans. Mm-hmm. And the warp is kind of like it tears and opens and shit comes out of it. Right. So you've got this like portal to another reality that just opens and demons come out of it. Yeah, they just come spilling out. and <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. So that's the coolest thing to me is like you're playing this, you know, you're fighting this army. So my, my army would be a mix of chaos space marines. Basically, the good guys who have fallen to worship the chaos gods, mm-hmm. fighting some other army, and then all of a sudden, like the warp tears open, and to this, <laughs> now you're not just fighting marines; you're fighting demons. Oh yeah! So that to me is like it's in like, my head canon. I'm like, this could be a badass <laughs> movie, you know. Yeah. Um, and in 40k or in Sigmar, I don't feel like it has that same allure to me. Yeah, they you can't really you, you can't put them in deep strike or anything no. like that in fantasy, can you? No. That's and even some cool. of their other mechanics, like the way they hit and the way like their charge mechanics and like that's what they're meant to do. Mm-hmm. Like they're meant to like not be on the board shooting, moving. They're meant to like, oh, this is all this is good. like it's it, everything's fine and then everything's not fine. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I think is fun. Right. Because yeah. it, it gives me that freedom and that randomness to mm-hmm. like, you know, someone can think they have the upper hand and it's like, oh, yeah, but I'm going to put these guys right here and they're going to charge and kill your entire unit. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, so I think that sounds fun to me. And in, in Sigmar, it just doesn't. Yeah, cinematically, that's just awesome. <laughs> right, right. And, and then, but in Sigmar, like you said, they're a straightforward, melee-focused 
army, it takes that element out of it. It's like right. I don't want to just march guys across the battlefield and hit with swords. Yeah, you know, I, and that like we talked about the Slavonith, I'd rather jump from tree to tree mm-hmm. across the battlefield and be able to have a tactical advantage yeah. or something like that. I mean, could you imagine in Lord of the Rings if a Balrog just appeared out of nowhere? <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of the in the middle of the battle, just started tearing things apart. Yeah, because guys, the Balrog is actually a pretty. If you you know you don't know what some of the chaos demons look like, but um, some of the demons of the the chaos god Corn look pretty similar to yeah, a Balrog, like the Bloodthirsters look yeah. a lot like a Balrog. Um, so yeah, you've got some really cool models, and they do all kinds of crazy psychic abilities, and um, the the Corn guys are particularly strong in melee combat. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, you know, again, it's that that idea of, like, just a black hole opens on the battlefield and demons come out. And, yeah. And you're in the middle of a firefight looking one way. And then yeah, I mean, got- you could just imagine, like, what a, a Imperial Guardsman, which is, you know, basically like a line infantry guy, would be thinking. You know, he's... You know, he's already scared to death that he's got these space marines that are seven-foot-tall superhumans coming at him. Yep. And then uh, all of a sudden, demons appear right in front of him with swords taller than they are. Yep. And they're just wanting to kill everything in, in sight. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that sounds cool to me. But I'm still kind of torn on what to play in Sigmar. And I probably need to do more, you know, more reading and look yeah. at the rules more. And I may I may look more heavily into the orcs. Um, the Slavonists sound cool. Yeah. Um, but again, I'm just worried about like variety, and I looked at mm-hmm. some of the Wood Elves, but there's not a ton there yet. Yeah, I mean they haven't updated the Wood Elves in a while. Um, I guess they haven't really updated Sylvaneth too much either, because when the, the last time they updated Wood Elves, they added all the Sylvaneth stuff, oh. and that was at the end, like the end times of of Warhammer Fantasy. I think they added a little bit when when Sylvaneth came into Age of Sigmar, um, but I'm I'm not a hundred percent sure on that because I wasn't really into fantasy at that time because I was kind of disappointed with the well, first Age of Sigmar. But now it's second edition Age of Sigmar. It seems a lot more fun. Yeah, it seems, whereas 40K is very tactical and very calculated and there needs to be like a very specific science to what you're doing, mm-hmm. which I like that aspect of a game, right? Because it makes you think, it makes you plan. Right. Um, it typically, it's not necessarily competitive in the fact that like we're trying to win tournaments, but it's competitive in the fact that it's challenging. Yeah. And in Sigmar, it just feels like there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of these things have crazy abilities and crazy shit happens yeah. and it's just like we're gonna roll some dice and see what the fuck happens. Yeah, stuff is way more lethal in Age of Sigmar it seems and so you're pulling off big groups of guys at one time because they're just getting slaughtered and so like you said I mean you, you're not really relying on small units holding objectives and stuff like that because they wouldn't survive. Right. Whereas in 40k you can kind of get away with that because the small units are not lethal and people are more worried about lethality and being able to kill, you know, some of the bigger stuff. And, and terrain priority. helps too, right? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah, the terrain tends to be more line of sight blocking. So, you know, you can hide behind a building where it's kind of it's a lot harder to hide behind like three little trees on a on a little stand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm super interested. I mean, you know, I've started painting a little bit mm-hmm. um, and, and trying to get into that. You know, you're you're the the expert there, so. Um, we're going to try and, and work on that weekly so we can make some progress. Yeah. Yeah, we're painting. Uh, we're talking about Warhammer, and but we're, we're painting for another Games Workshop game called Necromunda, which is kind of like a gang war. It's like small-scale 40K. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much the easiest way to put it. I won't yeah. go into too much detail, but um, it's a really. I think it's a really good way to get into the games, mm-hmm. um, it, to explore painting miniatures and building miniatures and explore the, the mechanics of rolling dice and understanding yeah. their stack cards because you're doing it with six people versus... 
2,000 points, which might be a half a table worth of yeah. stuff. I mean, you could, you know, the average 40K game is probably 40 to 60 models on a side. So, I mean, it's a lot to keep up with and a lot of different rules to, to worry about. Whereas, you know, Necromunda, like you said, you've got six to 10 guys, um, you know, and you've got their cards in front of them with everything that they do. So it's not too hard to keep track of what they do um, and how they synergize with each other because generally every single thing that they're doing is pretty similar to the other guy. It's not like you have a space marine and then a chaos warrior and or I mean a, a chaos space marine and then a demon prince and you know these huge leaps in differentiation you know most of the stat lines on a, on a human is going to be the same in Necromunda right. except for except for uh, Goliaths which are they cheat but that's cool. no, that's alright <laughs> I'm fine with it um but yeah, so I mean, you know, we're we're working on that. So if you guys have any questions about, you know, tabletop gaming or whatever, um, you know, you let me know. I might not be able to answer the question, but certainly Chris certainly can. Yeah, um, or I can find somebody who can. I've, <laughs> I've got a lot of friends who play these games, so they, you know, sometimes I have to use them as resources myself. So, um, but yeah, and so I just a little recap of last week. Um, thanks to everybody that came out to Rec Bar on Saturday. Uh, we had a lot of fun. We got a, a lot of new members. We we officially rolled out our um, club membership uh, package. So, um, you know, you can basically, you're able to get the, the same benefits you get when you come to one of our events anytime. So yeah. you get your membership card. You can um, go to Math Cafe and get 15% off. You can go to Rec Bar and get um, tokens and drink specials. You can do that kind of stuff mm-hmm. without us being yeah. there. Um, and then on top of that, you know, you also get into our events. You know, we had that Max Doe House event where... Um, you, we, we provided pizza for everybody. We watched Ready Player One, which was a lot of fun. Um, and if you didn't have it, we used a T-shirt as the, as the membership at that point because we hadn't rolled the program yeah. out yet. But in the future, when we do these events where we're um, having something provided, you know, food, pizza, drinks, whatever it might be, um, you know, you either have to pay to get in the door or if you're a member, you, you bypass that. So, yeah. Um, you know, there are some some pretty good benefits to it. And really, guys, the reason we're doing it is because it helps us put on events. You know, we can't buy pizza for you guys if we don't have money to buy pizza with. Right. Because, you know, as much as we like you guys, it's hard to spend money out of our own pockets. So, right. um, you know, and, and just being able to rent out stuff or, or buy equipment to do stuff with. I mean, um, you know, things are not free. So, I mean, just think, I mean, at Max Doe House, I mean, one pizza is about 25 to 30 bucks. Yeah. And that's the cost of one, you know, one card. Um, one membership card. So you know, if you come out and eat with us twice, yeah, you, you've pretty much paid for that. I mean, you and and I mean, you, you get a lot more benefits than just free food. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, if you, I mean, if you just paintball, look at it that way, twenty percent off at paintball. Oh, yeah. asylum, right. I mean, that could you know you could make that thirty bucks back in two or three times playing paintball throughout yeah. the year. Um, and you're helping out a good cause. I mean, we're you know we want to make fun events for people. It's not a yeah. That's that's the thing, right? It's like a, that's what I was saying before is. We can't make events if we don't have a budget. Right. So the more we have a budget, the more we can do fun things. Yep. Um, you know, we've been lucky so far that our partners have been very supportive and, and very helpful, but we want to try and do a little, you know, things on our own a little bit and, mm-hmm. and be able to run the show a little more and have a little more freedom with what we do and, and stuff like that um, and just make the experience better for everybody. So yep. um, thanks to you guys that, that did join um, Saturday. You know, we really appreciate it. And, um, you know, we hope everybody else sees the value. If you guys have any questions about it or don't, like it or whatever i mean let us know you know we need we definitely need feedback and, and stuff like that um so yeah obviously aaron's not here to say it so i'll say it uh you can you know if you have any questions or comments about that stuff you can obviously message us on facebook but you can send an email to a nerd like me media at gmail.com um and and i'll get back with you and, and we'll you know definitely 
Um, you know, we, again, we want to hear because we, we're only so many people. So if you guys don't like it, we need to know. We need to know why and what can we do better. Right. You know, if you, if you would be willing to spend that money, what what would the, what benefits would you want to see? Yep. Um, stuff like that. Or if it's too expensive, how much do you think it should cost? Yeah. I mean, and constructive it, criticism is, is what we need, not just, I don't like it. This is stupid. It. Yeah. You know, because yeah. that doesn't really, you know, why don't you like it? What would make it better? Exactly. Right, right. You know. Um, and same thing on this podcast, guys. You know, we really want to hear your comments and questions. You know, I've got people that, uh, quite a few people that listen regularly every week and tell me they like it, but... Um, I know there's more of you in the group that, that don't listen to it and or have listened to it in the past and don't listen to it anymore. Um, so if you guys, you know, are, what would you rather see? Do you want it longer, shorter? Uh, do you want us to talk about certain stuff, not talk about certain stuff? Uh, what is it you guys want us to, to put up here for you? And, and we'll do it. Um, yeah, and we're, you know, we're doing this for you guys. I mean, me and Corey talk every day. So us sitting here <laughs> talking for an hour and a half or, you know, however long we've an been hour talking. An hour and 41 minutes. An hour and 41 minutes. You know, we're doing it for you guys. So we want the content to be relevant for you guys. We want it to be fun for you. Uh, we want it to spark conversations in the group. Um, and yep, we want to talk about the conversations in the group here, um, yep. you know, so that the people that miss those conversations can have something to talk about um, and think about, you know. So, you know, I think that uh, we, we, we got some we got some good ideas on stuff that we want to do. And I won't spoil any of those yet. But, yeah, well, I mean, I'll give you a little hint. I mean, we're, we're talking about, um, you know, doing these all on video. So we'd be on YouTube or, or potentially even streaming them live as we do it um, and being able to show you guys live video and pull up pictures. And if we're talking about Chris's Warhammer miniatures, we can show you what he what he just painted. Yeah. Um, if you know, we got a, a video game, we can show you the video game and we can do all that kind of stuff. Um, so that's something that's in the works. I don't know. I don't want to make any promises because I don't know even if it'll happen or when it might happen or mm-hmm. whatever because there's a lot of work involved in that. Um, but it is something that we're we're in the in the brainstorming process of. Um, so um, yeah, I'm you know I'm looking forward to it and and we're trying to make this better for you guys. So um, and thanks to everybody that came out to Cardinal on Monday to play to play Magic. Um, we'll be there again this Monday. So yeah. come on by. Both Chris and I will be there. Um, come get stomped. I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, you know, we, we do have plenty of decks that are, you know, easy um, to, to learn and play against. So, you know, we, we don't have to play our super competitive, you know, our yeah. tuned decks we can play. I highly encourage new people to come out. Yeah, play, absolutely. I mean, I'll happily sit there and teach you how to play the game. And, you know, we'll get a couple other new people together and, and, and play a game with you guys. And, and you know, we want to grow that community along with a nerd like me. So Yeah, because um, we love these hobbies and we want to yeah. see more people, you know, like we were talking about at a friendly local game store. We want to have a lot of people there do the same thing because it's a lot more fun with a lot more people. And so. Cardinal has a ton of space. Yeah. And Mondays, you know, they don't have a ton of people, but there's a good crowd there. Yeah. So let's, let's get a ton of people. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, that's the goal for me anyways. Um, so, yeah. And uh, if you have any questions about that, you can, you know, obviously reach out to any either of us and we'll um, do our best to help you out. But um, I think that's all we've got for you. Is there anything else you have for me, Chris? No, I think that's all. All right, guys. Well, um, thanks for listening, and uh, we will catch you next week.